What a, uh, every time that, that we gather, and especially this Sunday as we uh, focus it on that, that day when we, we sing songs to the, really the only one who is worthy to receive the songs that we sing. I mean, even now there's a, there's a taste, there's a, there's a piece of it, but uh, you probably don't do this, but my mind wanders or we're singing a song and I'm just singing the words. I could be singing in Japanese sometimes. Um, it, like I said, it may not be a problem of yours, but look forward to that day. You know, when we are singing to the one who's right in front of us, who is worthy of every song to be sung. And that's our hope. And that's the, the joy that we look forward to. I asked Joe to come share a little bit um, of his uh, story, because as you hear, you'll know that this uh, list of names that's before us um, in your that. Or it's, actually, you don't have bulletins here in this service, but there will be a list of names above us of those who have um, gone on before us. And you might have, I guess, in the white sheet. Yeah, thank you, Sharon. Um, and uh, there's a. Joe's name should be on that list, and it's not. And he wants to, uh, actually, wasn't this year, but uh, a couple years ago, and I asked. Asked him to share that story um, with us. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I'm not good at holding the microphone, so bear with me. Uh, Twenty years ago, I had a major heart attack, and by the grace of God, I am still here. 2006, one Thursday, I started experiencing severe chest pains again, 20 years later. Went to my cardiologist, and he did an emergency angiogram on me and found that I needed to have bypass surgery again. But because of taking a a severe uh, blood thinner, Plavix, I could not um, do the surgery right away because it takes about seven to ten days to get that out of your system. Because if I would have had the surgery, chances are I may not have survived it. So anyway, I went home, and Friday evening I started experiencing discomfort again. Sue called the life squad, thank heavens, because, of course, I urged her not to. I needed to do all the basic things, taking my nitro spray and all that. But being the lady she was and understanding not to listen to what I say, (laughs) she went ahead and called the life squad, and they were there in just a few minutes, thankfully. When they arrived, I was sitting on a sofa and this six foot four, 230 pound burly man was standing over me asking questions. And the next thing I know, I knew nothing. Suit reflected to me later that this gentleman said that I had no heartbeat. I had no pulse. I was gone. He flipped the coffee table across the room by one hand put me down onto the floor, ripped my shirt open, and started administering procedures. Eventually, he hit me with a paddle a number of times, and uh, I came back, fortunately, and uh, they took me to the hospital. But during this time, I still was not awake. I had no recollection of anything. 
I proceeded to the hospital, had my surgeries and everything, returned home to recuperate. And while I was home, uh, you know, I had a number of people visit me and ask different questions about, did I see anything, this, that, whatever. And I was very uncomfortable with things. I never even expressed anything to my wife. But one Sunday morning, I was laying in bed while recuperating, watching Dr. James Kennedy from Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, a church that Sue and I, when we go to Florida, we attend. And he was reflecting about a gentleman, a Baptist pastor, who had went to a conference, and he was driving down the road, and he was involved in an automobile accident, was pronounced dead at the scene, and later there was a book written, 90 Minutes in Heaven, about Don Piper, Reverend Piper. I think it's a great book that you all might like to read. But anyway, um, a minister came, I didn't even, I think I might have said this in the first service, but another minister who was at the conference came upon him, and he sat sat there in the traffic jam for quite a while and decided to go up and pray. And he went over and Don was, I guess, in a body bag or something. And uh, the EMT said, I don't know why you're doing anything, but the pastor proceeded to pray over the body. And he prayed for a while and didn't know what to do any longer, so he started to sing. He started singing the old rugged cross. And when he went into the second verse of it, all of a sudden the corpse started singing with him. And naturally he went over to the uh, ENTs and, and said, the gentleman's alive. So this sort of, you know, was kind of interesting in the fact that then Dr. Kennedy expressed what originally started with Don and what he saw. And as I sat in bed and watched this, oddly enough, it came to fruition. That is what I experienced at the first part. As I no longer knew of anything and felt myself in the presence, I would say, of heaven, there was brilliance of color, whether it was turquoise, yellows, golds, greens, blues, reds, but just all over, totally surrounded me. And as I sort of moved into this and through through it, all of a sudden the white portions came and overtook all the other colors, and it was more like I was in a cloud or a, a mist, a misty rain. Progressing in that further, I experienced something that was unimaginable. As I walked or or, or went forward, all of a sudden appeared three figures. They were not in great detail. They were muted. But around the center figure in the head area portion was a golden glow. And as I did progress further towards them, I could tell, and not making out any facial uh, distinctions or anything like that, but I could tell that I was experiencing the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
But yet, as I progressed towards them, they sort of started to pale out, and the golden glow started to radiate brighter, took over my sight, and I noticed in more definite perspectives that it was like sheaths of gold that were tending to go upward. And again, as I approached that closer, it started to turn into steps, a nice golden stairway. And it had, there were appearing at that point in time, a few angels at either edge of the staircase. As I got a little closer, all of a sudden, everything got brighter. And I heard someone say, we are two minutes out. I have a male Caucasian, 69 years old. At that point in time, I had come back. So by the graces of God, I am here. But I can just wonder in amazement of what Reverend Don Piper experienced and saw in the 90 minutes that he was in heaven. By the grace of God, hallelujah. Thanks, Joe. And, and today we wonder and, and celebrate what those that have gone before us experience in the fullness of uh, being in the, the presence of God. I'm sure, Joe, we didn't talk about it, but I'm sure you would have rather stayed. Because uh, that was Paul's call. I mean, Paul said to die is gain. Because he said in First, in first Philippians, to die is gain because you're with the Lord. But to live is Christ. And uh, every so often God will give us in God's wisdom that's certainly beyond any of ours or even our collective wisdom. Will give us experiences like that to, to share with one another. To bring that encouragement, that support and that, that assurance of the joy that is ahead for us. And the joy that those who have gone before now experience. A passage that we'll look at uh, this morning that does the same thing as in Hebrews 11, verse 39 through chapter 12, verse 3. It's found on page 978 in your pew Bible if you want to, uh, want to turn there. Uh, and as we'll look at a little more in detail, chapter 11 is that great hall of faith where the writer of Hebrews goes through some of the, the great uh, uh, people in uh, uh, the uh, Old Testament and highlights their faith and then leads us forward um, to end with Jesus. The, um, and the three real words that the writer brings forth is as we look at those that have gone before, we we learn from, we benefit from exploring their faith, you know, seeing the, the strength of their faith that leads us forward in perseverance to, to continue to go on 
even in the face of the opposition that we might face or the struggles that we face. And then ultimately points us to Jesus as the one who, with perfect faith, continued even to the cross because of the joy that he knew was awaiting him. So Hebrews chapter 39, let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, continue to bring your spirit upon us. Um, open our ears, our souls to your word, to, to hear from you what we need to hear, to, uh, to celebrate um, the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Um, before I read, there's one thing that I did forget. At the end of the of sermon, I'll, I'll read the folks whose names were deceased, those who are already experiencing that joy. And um, uh, we will add to the list Jean Horn, who died on uh, late Friday night. Um, and even though she won't have picture and, and she won't have the, um, the date here, and for those... Uh, um, uh, her service will be Tuesday here at 10 o'clock. Uh, visitation is at Hodat Funeral Home tomorrow at, uh, from 6 to 8. But we'll add Jean's name to there. And at the conclusion, I'll invite folks to come forward to receive um, a rose. Uh, representatives of the family or friends to, to come forward. Not everyone will have somebody here because they had folks in the first service. But um, we'll uh, take that time to remember those that have gone before us then. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, And has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners. So that you may not grow weary or lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's the chapter before, chapter 11. If you just look back that the the writer of Hebrews presents that hall of faith. Those that that have gone before us, who have lived in faith. He talks about Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, Moses, and and many others that went before. That's what he's talking about in verse 39. Yet all these, all of those, that, that hall of faith that he mentions, and each time their name is preceded with the clause, by faith. By faith, each of these individuals basically were able to keep the faith, continuing to follow God, even though they did not receive the fullness of God's promises in their lifetime. They were waiting 
for the Messiah. They were waiting for God to send the one who would come to take away the sins of the world. That was their faith. That was what they were living for. And they continued forward even though in their own lifetimes they didn't receive it. When I was a a week prior with the youth group on their mission trip, that was one of the questions that was discussed in, in between paint strokes. On the outside of the house. You know, hey, what about, as we we're talking about faith being the essence of what it means to be a Christian, that we are saved by grace through faith and not by anything else, not by works, so that no one should boast, as the passage goes on. And we're not um, saved by being strong enough, smart enough. We're not saved by right thoughts. I mean, we're saved by faith, by trusting. Well, the question was, well, what about those that live before Jesus? Well, that's what the the writer here is answering. Those that live before Jesus were trusting that God would one day provide that atoning sacrifice for their sins. One day He would provide that, that ultimate sacrifice. We, today, this side of Calvary... Believe the same thing, just in the opposite direction. We believe that God has already taken care, atoned, paid for our sins in the sacrificial life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's the same element, the same faith that they lived by, even though that promise wasn't fulfilled, that we live by today. Knowing that God's promise has been fulfilled. They lived for eternity. For the purposes of God. Just like we do. By faith. We can learn from not only these that are mentioned here. But also the ones that are mentioned here. And, And the ones that even before. That are in between. Abraham and Mark. We can learn from them as we see their faith enacted. And some of you might say, you know, I know some of the people on these lists. And, you know, I don't know that they're like Abraham. Well, you know, let's think about Abraham for a second. He, he, he was no choir boy. No, no, no offense intended there. You know, Abraham, just how perfect was Abraham? Well, he committed adultery with Hagar because he got impatient with God fulfilling his promises. And then with his wife, Sarah, he, he, he gave her to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh, you know, this is not, this is my sister. So you can add him. You can add her to your harem. And he did that in order to protect himself. Moses. Moses committed murder. And yet they're in the hall of faith. Makes us feel a little better, doesn't it? Maybe we belong there too. Because it is from their faith. Their faith, even in the face of their own weakness, their own sin, their own inability, 
their own brokenness, their own immorality. Their faith was greater still because their faith was in a God who was greater still. So we can learn as we look back at them, as we look back at folks here. Now, I have to to share you, it was a, a painful it was a joy to be away at the, with the youth group trip, but it was painful to be away from here because of the person that's the last person on the list written here with uh, Alex Kalubi, whose um, service celebrating the resurrection at the occasion of his death was held here just uh, eight days ago. But it, uh, in talking to Jackie during the week while I was on the mission trip, came to realize that I didn't know that they, all five of the Kalubi family, were here on Easter Sunday because Alex wanted it. Because in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, the certainty of the, the faith that was in him, he said, let's gather on Easter Sunday. We need to be there. And then within 48 hours, he was experiencing the reality of the resurrection better than any of us. We can learn through the examples of these that have gone before us and if we can and we can learn from those that have gone way before us as we see and see their faith through the midst of opposition, through the midst of uncertainty, through the midst of their own brokenness, through the midst of disease, even in the face of death. Through promises that are not yet fulfilled we can learn from them. And that's what the writer of Hebrews wants for us. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, verse in chapter 12, since their testimony, their story, their, their witness has gone before us, since that surrounds us in the power of the Spirit, then we can go forward in perseverance. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we are not only connected with the the church around us, what's typically been called the church militant, the, the church around the world. Believers in Jesus Christ today, wherever they might be. But we are also, in the power of the Spirit, connected with what we call the church triumphant. The church that's gone before us. We, we gather with them in worship whenever we gather. We, we gather with them because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is just as present within you and me as He is present in the throne room of heaven. We are gathered with them as they continually worship our Creator. So too do we seek to worship continually our Creator. They endured and continued on keeping the faith to the end so that we might remember them in order to encourage us. And we look forward to the day when we will join with them In our glorified state, with our our bodies reunited, glorified, in the face-to-face with our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 16. Paul gives us the details that a day will come, that the trumpets will sound, 
And Jesus will appear. He will descend. All those who have died in him will be with them. And their bodies will be raised. And they will be reunited with their bodies in a glorified state. Those who are still living in an instant. Their mortal bodies will then receive their glorified state. And we will join together in a new heaven and new earth. Singing unto our Creator, the only one who is worthy to receive the songs that we sing. And that's what we look forward to in joining with those who have gone before us. So we don't give up, we don't give in, we continue to keep going just like they did in the ways that they exhibited faith and especially just like Jesus. And that's what the writer ends with. Verse 2, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter, the the author and the finisher of our faith. And get this, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the Father. We live in faith, we live in perseverance, and we live looking forward to that day of unending joy. The joy that Jesus had set before Him that enabled Him innocently to suffer for our benefit. The joy that the Father set before Him was what enabled Him to endure the cross. And that same joy, that same unending complete joy that He had, He wants to give to us. John 16, 22. Jesus saying, So you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Friends, we look forward to that day when we receive that permanent and complete joy. That we know those that have gone before us now receive, now celebrate, now now dance and sing. The joy that we have on earth, we can get a taste. We can peek. We can get just a piece of that joy That is complete and unending. Because no matter how great the joy. Eventually. It's shine. Fades. It's glory diminishes. This side of heaven. Tomorrow night. About 11.20. 11.30. One shining moment will be sung. On CBS. And one team. Will be crowned the champion. Of March Madness. And they will have joy throughout the night. They will have joy throughout Tuesday. But by Wednesday, it will be what's happening next season. And the preseason picks for next season's college basketball will already be on the front of the sports pages and at ESPN.com. The joy will be gone. There's all kinds of of joy. A good friend of mine at the birth of his first child, you know, spent the whole 24 hours in the hospital. And as far as he knew, the only people that were in existence were him, his wife, and his baby, and maybe a nurse or two. 
But then 24 hours later, as he walked outside the front door of the hospital, crossed the street, and he's like, wait a minute, y'all should have stopped all that you were doing. How can you still be picking up trash? How can you still be driving a taxi cab? How can you still be flipping hamburgers? The world should have stopped at such great a joy. But it doesn't. A day will come, friends, when the world does. When our joy will join with the joy of those that have gone before us. That will be complete and unending. But until then, we still fight the battle. We still continue on. We live in faith, in perseverance, striving for the joy that is ahead And looking forward to the time when we receive it to the full. But today, we get to celebrate those who have gone before us. Who are now rejoicing in ways we can't understand, explain, or begin to feel and experience. We join with them, glad for them, sad for our loss, but encouraged as we seek to to live facing that joy, pursuing it even today. As the musicians get ready and and deacons get in their place for the, the offering, let's... Again, you're invited as we call out their names, remembering them, rejoicing with them, celebrating with them. Invite a family member, a friend of the family to come forward to to receive a rose in memory of those that have gone before us. Mark Zarnecki. Ann Steubing. Victor Piper. Dorothy Homan. Ariba Maxwell Louise Higdon Richard Stickle Ruth Auburn LaRue White James Weisenberg Alex Kalubi Jean 
horn. As we consider and remember the faith that God had placed in each of them, as we continue forward in that same faith, let us offer ourselves in in full and sure assurance of God's power and strength to continue to carry us on to the same end, to the same glory, to the same reward. Let us offer ourselves an offering unto Almighty God.